brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. The pit is completely enclosed, and it's full of leathery objects like eggs or something. Wow, I might even know where that came from. Really? Yeah. Wow. Hey. I haven't, I haven't seen it all, but I've seen parts of it. Yeah, Santa that Claus, pretty much Santa Claus the movie, right? <laughs> that is not where that's from. No. It has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today either. Nope. nope. We have done a podcast. Actually, I think we've done a couple, really, mm-hmm. either directly related to or tangentially related to the Apple iPad. Yeah, we actually talked about it, uh, too, when uh, we were still doing Tech Stuff Live, the video show. Um, we talked about it because we were doing news topics, and it was trending right about the time we were finishing up that show. Yeah, that was back when it was uh, just a rumored device. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, mm-hmm. it turned out the rumors were, in fact, true, and the iPad hit the market. And you may recall, and we'll talk about this again at the end of the year, that uh, at the beginning of last year, I predicted that the iPad would come out, which was correct, but mm-hmm. that it would totally flop, and that was about as wrong as you can get. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I read just today, the day we are recording this, that um, the rate of adoption, according to NPR, the rate of adoption for iPad uh, users is faster than that of DVD. And of course, they I don't know why, I guess DVD was one of the uh, fastest adoption rates for new technologies. Um, but yeah, they always, they, it seems like they always use DVDs as a benchmark, but uh, I think uh, 4.5 million iPads, they said, in a quarter, which is uh, pretty significant. Well, you think about DVDs, when they first, when the players first hit the market, they were incredibly expensive. Yeah, they were. Well, it's like a lot of the different technologies, too. CDs were the same way. Right, but the point being that that the iPad can do more than a DVD player could at the time when DVDs first came out. That's true. And the iPad is less expensive than the initial DVD players when they hit the market. And far more portable than those initial DVD players as well. But this is not an ad for Apple iPad because they don't need it. Well, that's the thing. Once you come out with a successful technology, uh, other people will seize the opportunity to come up with a competitor and uh, try their hand at the market. And we've actually seen a few of these competitors hit the market. Some of them tried to hit the market before before the iPad came out, mm-hmm. and you don't hear about them very much because they just didn't really make a big splash in the consumer marketplace. So, like the Arcos tablets, for an, for example, those mm-hmm. are um, those are tablets that run on either Android, Linux, or Windows. Mm-hmm. They have models that run on each of those operating systems, um, mostly Android recently, mm-hmm. uh, because that seems to be the new approach to tablets because the tablet form factor is not new no not in the least it's uh, been around for a decade or so mm-hmm. yeah, the only place that I've really encountered uh, the traditional tablets and when I say tablets uh, they don't look if you haven't seen these they don't look like uh, the new crop of tablets these are almost full-size PCs most of the ones I've seen are uh, essentially a notebook form factor with a screen that will flip over and allow you to fold it back on top of the computer so that it, it functions as a tablet, but it's the size. It's got, you know, a, a, I guess probably around 15-inch, well, maybe not 15, 12, 13-inch screen. It's big yeah. compared to the, these newer tablets. And there's there's still a few of those out there. Yeah. Um, they are used a lot in medical professions. Uh, we saw, like, the... Um was it Dell that had the the Duo? 
Yes. The Duo that's coming out, which is, it looks like a, a, a netbook computer or a notebook computer. The uh, the screen swivels within the frame, mm-hmm. and then you can fold the frame down so that the screen is face up and it becomes a tablet. Although, as you know, the big problem there is that you've just doubled the thickness of the screen. Mm-hmm. It's not as lightweight or portable as other tablet form factors. And then you have like the Lenovo U1 IdeaPad, which may or may not ever see the light of day. It was something that blew me away at CES. Yes, yeah. 2010. Mm-hmm. And that one, again, looked like a notebook computer, but you could detach the screen, and it, the screen would become a new tablet computer. Uh, back at CES, when they showed it off, the entire device, when it was together, the keyboard and the screen, ran on Windows 7. When you detached the screen, it switched to a Linux operating system, and then when you would reattach it, it would go back to Windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would uh, supposedly sync whatever uh, uh, application you were in so that, let's say you're watching a movie, well, you might be watching the movie in one movie player in Linux. When you plug it back in, it would switch to the Windows-based movie player and pick up at the same place where you left off in the film. That's impressive. <clears throat> Supposedly. I did not see it work right. when I was at CES. Right. But that's what that was the goal. It's a I neat think, idea. I think they were still working on the synchronization. And uh, back over the summer of 2010, uh, the word got out that Lenovo was I was abandoning at least part of that strategy. Uh, there's now rumor that it'll come out. The Lenovo U1 will eventually come out. It was supposed to come out in the summer, and it did not. Uh, there's now a rumor that it may come out with an Android operating system for the, the tablet part. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to wait and see. That would be very interesting to me if that did, because it answers a lot of the problems I have with the tablet form factor. Yep. So the question is, now that the Apple iPad is out, Mm-hmm. And it's so successful. Do any other tablets have even a shot of the same sort of success or even moderate success within the consumer marketplace? Or is the iPad a unique device? A few weeks ago, we, well, I don't know exactly when it's running compared to this one. So I should say earlier, we discussed uh, what early adopters are. And for the most part, I would say that a lot of the people who have bought iPads at this point are early adopters or radio stations using them for promotional purposes. Yeah, you see there that. is a uh, there's a radio station in the same building we're in, and I see people on the elevator with an iPad in its box going downstairs from the the radio station, and, and you know they'll ask me how to get back to the interstate. So I'm going, okay, so you just picked up your prize. I got yeah, it. There's almost a meme about it's kind of fun about iPads being prizes. Uh, yeah, I mean I've was, seen it a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that the uh, the iPad actually came out in uh, in April of this year, hit store shelves, um, and it's starting to make its way to uh, regular retail stores. Target uh, just announced that it would be carrying it. Um, just saw one as a matter of fact this past weekend. Um, and uh, the thing is, I think I'm not sure that anyone else was anticipating uh, the iPad to be as much of a success as it is, because I, I think that's part of why. Uh, some of them have been so slow to get a device out the door, but um, in in their rush to announce new products, I think they may have been. Uh, I, I think now at this point, the people who are developing tablets are on the right track because some of them rushed too fast and came up with sort of half baked attempts. And some of the newer models that that look like they'll be out in the, in the coming months, I think, may have a shot at at least taking some of the potential market share from the Apple iPad. So let's talk a little bit about some of those. Uh, the one I wanted to start with is the one I think is potentially the strongest. Okay. Which 
maybe you agree or disagree, but the Samsung Galaxy Tab. As of the time we're recording this, I would certainly say it probably has the strongest chance. Yeah. Uh, there's one other that we'll get to that I think has a, a pretty good chance as well, but it's hard to say because we know so little about it at the moment. Mm-hmm. But the Galaxy Tab is uh, an interesting tablet device. Now, it's it's got a 7-inch screen, so it's smaller than the iPad. The iPad screen is, I think, 9.7 inches. Right. So the, the Samsung Galaxy Tab is a little smaller than the iPad, uh, and it's... It's got uh, it's running the Android operating system uh, 2.2, which is mm-hmm. Froyo for those of you keeping score. Uh, that's the that's the most recent Android build as of the recording of this podcast. Right now, it's um, it's going to uh, in in Europe. It's got uh, phone capabilities. We learned that when it comes to the United States, those phone capabilities will be stripped out. It will not run. Uh, you will not be able to make phone calls on a cellular system using the Galaxy Tab. Now you will be able to use something like Skype, mm-hmm. so you can still make calls over the device. It's just it's not going to have its own dedicated phone number. Right. In mm-hmm. the U.S. In Europe, it's a different story, and uh, you know it, it's going to have all these other elements like a sixteen. It comes in I think either a sixteen gigabyte or a thirty-two gigabyte version, and you can also get a micro SD card to give you up to 32 gigabytes extra storage. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a big difference between the iPad and the Galaxy Tab. The iPad comes in very specific uh, models, and you can't upgrade the memory on an individual model. If if you've got the, what are they, are they at 16 and 32 and 64? 64. Mm -hmm. So if you got a 16 gigabyte model of the iPad and you wanted to increase the memory to 32 gigabytes, the only option you have is to go out and buy a 32 gigabyte iPad. Yep. You can't upgrade that memory. This, this is built, the Galaxy Tab is built so that you can upgrade the memory yourself. Uh, it also will run Flash because Android 2.2 does. Um, so that sets it apart from the iPad. And it has cameras built into it, which the iPad does not. Although we expect the next iPad probably will have... It would shock me if the next model of the iPad does not have cameras. Yeah. And I would like to point out, too, that uh, for those of you who are going to write in and tell us that uh, about the newer developments with Apple related to Flash, yes, we are aware. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar uh, with this... Uh, Apple announced a few weeks ago that they would permit um, people who are using Flash to develop applications for the iOS, which runs the iPod Touch, the iPhone, and the iPad. They can they can go ahead and do that. They weren't allowed to do that, but it is not the same as opening Safari and running, uh, going to a website that uses a lot of Flash and watching a Flash video or something on it. It's a little different. Right. Like, so if you, if you so want to make it a concession, the, the thing I always run into back when I was, uh, back when I still had my smartphone, mm-hmm. my smartphone died. So we can have a moment of silence. Anyway, uh, my smartphone ran Android 1.6, which mm-hmm. does not, was not capable of running flash. So if I went to any restaurant website where the menu was programmed in flash, I could not see the menu. It was very irritating. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was one of the, Really useful things of a smartphone. <laughs> you're out. You're out. You want to check and see what this restaurant's menu's like. You don't want to have to actually go to the restaurant to find out. And then you discover that they've put their menu in Flash and you can't view it. Very irritating. Anyway, <laughs> Samsung Galaxy Tab, not a problem. You could be able to. You would be able to see that sort of stuff. And uh, in the U.S., we don't know how expensive it's going to be yet, as of the recording of this podcast. <laughs> it'll probably be infor- that information will probably be available by the time this publishes. But in the U.K., it was just announced uh, that it will retail for five hundred ninety-nine pounds, almost six hundred pounds. Wow. 
Yeah, it's heavy. expensive. Uh, expensive, right? So, uh, and, nice. and the article I read pointed out that that is seventy pounds more than the highest, uh, the, than the most uh, advanced iPad that's on the market in the UK. Mm-hmm. So it costs more than the iPad. Now, granted, this is an unsubsidized price, as far as I can tell. It's not linked to any particular uh, carrier. So it may be that there are subsidized versions of the Galaxy Tab. Like if you went to the, uh, uh, was it Orange? Is that one of the ones in the UK? That is one of the ones okay, in the UK. Okay, good. And say you go to Orange and they're carrying the, Sa- the Samsung Galaxy Tab and you got it through them, you might be able to find a subsidized price through them. I don't know because I don't live in the UK. So all you Brits can write to me and tell me whether I'm right or wrong. And maybe I'll pay attention. And then... Uh, so anyway, anyway, the Galaxy Tab I think has the potential to really challenge the iPad. It's the Android operating system is definitely a different system than the iOS. Um, I, I usually refer to it as you get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. Like iOS works. Uh, Apple has such a, a firm grasp on the all the apps that can go into it and uh and w- the the standards they have to meet in order to become an app for the iOS mm-hmm. that the benefit for the consumer is that whenever you get an app it's going to do what it's supposed to do yeah or at least there's a very good chance for it because Apple is very strict about that uh Android it's more of a a, a coin flip type of situation. Sometimes things aren't going to work the way you thought they would because Android wants a more open environment. Well, that means you have more flexibility and more choice, but you don't necessarily, the things you choose may not necessarily work the best way. Right. As with many things, there is an upside and a downside to both models. Exactly. So I think the Galaxy Tab will appeal to people who are a little more do-it-yourselfers mm-hmm. than the iPad does necessarily. Plus, the camera, I think, makes a big difference. Until the iPad comes out with a camera model, um, that's going to... Uh, I mean, you think about things like video conferencing, like the FaceTime technology that Apple has designed, that's ideal for something like the iPad. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you'd be, it'd be easier to see someone on that screen than an iPhone or iPod touch screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, a lot of the things that you mentioned about the, the Samsung Galaxy Tab are common to uh, the Android tablets mm-hmm. um, that I've read about um, devices, even even what I consider uh, regional, at least at this point, um, devices like expansion ports, uh, in some cases USB ports. These are things that some of the people have complained about not being on the iPad. Or even HDMI out. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. Kind of, that kind of stuff where you have standard ports. Like Apple hates standard ports. Yeah. <laughs> Apple likes proprietary ports where you have to have connectors in order to uh, to use that. Not on every product. No. But on many products, you have to have a special pin connector and then a, an adapter or a dock of some sort in order to be able to uh, attach it to other technology. I, I see what you're saying. I see yeah. what you're saying. Um, but no, I was I was thinking uh, specifically. Um, Two of uh, some of the tablets that we're at least not for a while going to see, like the uh, WeTab in Germany, uh, originally called the WePad, get it? iPad, WePad, um, developed by a company called Mego, and then uh, I used to have to buy WePads for my puppies. (laughs) The Olive Pad uh, in India. um, These are all devices that are coming out around the world that are using uh, Android's operating system. There's also the Dell Streak, which is weird. Dell Streak kind of walks the line between tablet and smartphone. Now I am 
totally singing the man in black in my head. All right. Because it walks the line. It does walk the line. The, uh, but the, the Dell Streak has a five inch screen, which is, you know, that's, that's a, that's a little too big for, for it to be like a smartphone, but it's a little too small for most tablets. Mm-hmm. It's a weird size. It's interesting that they went with that. It also yeah. runs Android 1.6. That was one of the things that uh, Jason Heiner was complaining about in his review in August of uh, 2010 back mm-hmm. on ZDNet. He was basically saying it's a little large for a smartphone and a little small for a tablet. Plus, it's running uh, an older an version of Android. antiquated version of Android, yeah. However, from what I understand, uh intends to upgrade that to Froyo by the end of 2010. Yes, yes. And it has a it has a gigahertz Snapdragon processor, so mm-hmm. it's it's got a lot of uh, pep to it, but same sort of thing as a lot of um, smartphones have right now. Uh, and it's got the, a rear-facing and front-facing camera. It's, it can hold up to uh, uh, two gigabytes of memory in its SD card. Um, mm-hmm. That's just memory, not, not storage space. 512 megabytes ROM, 512 megabytes RAM, and then two gigabytes of, of micro SD memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a micro SD card slot that can allow you to store up to 16 gigabytes of or, or actually, I'm sorry. 16 gigabytes are included with the Dell Streak. I don't know how much it can. It's capable of holding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it retails for like 550 bucks, which is pretty expensive when you compare it to, again, the iPad. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you, when you're looking at the size of it. There are some other things too. Um, apparently, the Wi-Fi built into the Dell Streak is uh, 802.11b and g. Interesting. Um, not in. Not in. Um, and it doesn't support Flash in the browser. Uh, at least this is according to well, uh, the no, chart. It's Android 1.6. It won't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, this is according to a uh, JS Shindy's article in PC World India as of October 5th. Um, but it does. The Dell Streak does have one feature that I think is pretty useful. What's that? And it's not even a software feature. It's a hardware thing. What is it? It's got Gorilla Glass. Yes. Which I think is really awesome. Gorilla Glass is a very um, uh, strong uh, impact resistant, from what I understand, yeah, gla- yeah. Uh, form of glass, which is good if you're going to carry around a uh, small device that is easily dropped, as uh, many of us have with well, some of these things. The Samsung Galaxy Tab may end up having Gorilla Glass as well. Yeah. I read a report on that. Okay. The um, And Dell also plans on coming out with a 7 inch tablet later in in 2010 mm-hmm. and then possibly in 2011 come out with a 10 inch tablet so we it may be it looks like Dell's going to try and pepper this market with devices going all the way down to 3 inches which presumably would be a smartphone up to yeah. 10 inches so they're really looking I, it may be that this is one of those things with the strategy of throw everything against the wall and see what sticks and then concentrate on that yeah i think um i think the ipad has proven that some people uh, like the form factor of a tablet. I mean, obviously, we've we've proven that the smartphone is a good size and form factor. So um, I, I think as far as tablets go, we've reached the point at which the manufacturers are ready and willing to go ahead and give it a try, but we're going to see a variety of sizes um, and feature sets come out for you know another probably year, maybe even two years, until people figure out, oh, well, they like this size, that size, and that size. And you know, yeah. we're only going to make so many of this one size because om- we can only sell you know 10,000 of them a year. But, you know, it's enough where we can capture part of the market. Based upon what I've heard from iPad users, I would say that the size is less important than the weight. Yeah, it's a, a heavy little 
uh, piece of equipment. Yeah, so I think a 7-inch device, if it weighs less than the iPad, if it's less dense, then that might have an advantage. Uh, we should probably talk... I'm sorry, you're about to say something. Well, I, I, I wanted, before we move on yeah. from the Google Android stuff, I found okay. something very, uh, apparently fairly recent mm-hmm. um, that's very interesting. Uh, and it came from an article, actually an interview that Gareth Beavis of TechRadar uh, did with Google's Director of Products for Mobile, uh, Hugo Berra. Um, and uh, Google is saying that Android isn't ready for the tablet scene as of right now. Um, they're saying that now, uh, I should point out that uh, Google Android operating system, uh, if you're wondering where Froyo comes from, it's frozen yogurt slang. Uh, and they name their stuff after, I guess, their releases after, I guess, desserts, would you say? Yeah, yeah, they're all desserts. It's like Eclair, Donut, yeah, it goes, And they're going in alphabetical order. So, yeah. yeah, the next version is... is Cupcake? Oh yeah. Uh, the next was- version is gingerbread, and the version after that is supposed to be honeycomb, from what from what I understand. But um, basically, uh, Mr. Barra said, you know, look, you know, Android is a great operating system, but really, the Android market is not ready for devices larger than a smartphone. Um, there, the app- the applications are not there yet. Right. Um, and Fro- Froyo is not designed to be used on a tablet, but there is a, pop- a probability that. Gingerbread, the next release will be, and probably Honeycomb, I would imagine, if not, you know, Gingerbread. So it, it, I think some of the, uh, from what I've read, uh, LG has backed out of releasing, uh, an Android tablet because of this. Uh, essentially, look, we can't deliver the optimum user experience. Um, this goes well with the Galaxy Tab, though, because it's a, you know, closer in size to a smartphone, and, and the uh, the Dell Streak as well is right. uh, very very close to a sm- uh, smartphone size. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think that's not going to. Um, I don't think it's going to set the manufacturers back in a big way. But it may be enough of a stumbling block to allow someone else to sweep in. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, were we going to mention that someone else? I was going to mention, well... You had something else you were going to say. The Samsung Galaxy Tab is one of the ones I think is a strong contender. Yeah. The other one I think that could potentially be a strong contender for totally different reasons Mm -hmm. is the recently announced BlackBerry Playbook. Yes. I agree with you. The the Playbook is another 7-inch tablet device. Released by RIM. Mm-hmm. That's Research in Motion, a Canadian company. Yep. And it's uh, it's closely tied to their BlackBerry uh, platform, although it's it's running a different operating system than the BlackBerry smartphone operating system. Yes, it is. One that we don't know much about. I know probably more about it than you do for reasons which will become clearer to you in about 25 seconds. Do you have one? Yeah. See, this is uh, apparently... Wait, no, seriously, you have one? Yeah. What? No, I don't have one. Oh, no. I almost had. I almost had a. Uh, a no, sorry. You're I, freaking me out. I there, have Colette. a reason, not a tablet. Okay. Um, I, I have was an like, iPad. I was like, Colette, how the heck did you get that? No. And our, does this mean the Mounties are after us? No. no now the play. <laughs> The Playbook was announced on September 27th of this year. Yes. Um, and it will be running on a kernel of software called uh, from a company called QNX. Yes, um, QNX. Yes. And, um, yeah. And it, this is an Ottawa-based company that's been around for quite some time, but they were acquired by RIM on April 9th of this year, which, coincidentally, was the day after I bought my iPad. Um and uh, the thing is, for uh, those of you who uh, have never heard of the company, they have been around for quite some time, more than 30 years. Part of that time, they were developing an alternative operating system for the Amiga. 
And uh, this is back when Gateway owned the Amiga. And now those of you who are new to the podcast don't know that I'm a rabid. I'm still a rabid Amiga fan. Yeah, see, now I'm not excited anymore. Uh-huh. He, he, he no longer has a playbook. He just has an Amiga. Yeah, well, hey... Uh, no, the uh, unfortunately the uh, QNX or QNX guys never really could uh, work with Gateway uh, to get the new operating system rolled out. Although it was supposed to be really, really promising at the time, we were all excited. Those of us who were still on the Amiga bandwagon, so I had heard of them before, and I was really excited to see that the uh, um, this new uh, BlackBerry tablet would be running the QNX kernel. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is this is a Unix-like operating system, not unlike uh, Android or the iOS. Well, maybe I should have gone so far as to say not that we wouldn't know so much about the operating system, as we don't know much about the UI. That's true. Th- that's user interface. Yeah, in because case you're unfamiliar. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, that's because it's not the uh, the BlackBerry operating system. This right. is an entirely new thing, mm-hmm. or a uh, sort of new thing, at least for uh, BlackBerry users. Right. And so it's uh, let's tell you a little bit more about the tablet itself. So like we said, it's a 7-inch screen. It's got a gigahertz dual-core processor in it. I think that's cool. Yeah, so it can... Dual-core processors for, for tablets are a fairly new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a gigabyte of RAM. It's got a built-in camera. It has Wi-Fi. There's no cellular uh, support, at least in the initial playbooks. Uh, the one that they unveiled was Wi-Fi only. It could tether with a BlackBerry device, though. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, uh, the, it seems that the intent of the playbook is to really tie in with the BlackBerry phones and that you could sync information between your phone and your, your playbook and be able to view uh, the stuff that you would get normally on your phone on a much larger screen and be able to uh, to navigate more quickly that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it supports both HTML5 and Flash, which Ooh. sets it apart, of course, from, again, the iPad. Mm-hmm. So the camera and the uh, the HTML5 and the Flash stuff uh, really kind of sets it apart. Uh, but there's there's some problems here, too. One is we don't know when it's coming out, and we mm-hmm. don't know how much it'll be. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um did you uh, did you mention the uh, I was checking my notes too. Did you mention that it will uh, it has true multitasking capability? Apparently, I did not mention that. That is a uh, um, a pretty neat feature too. One of the things that uh, people have complained about for the iOS for most of its existence now that uh, it's starting to roll out to different people, but it's still as of this recording not available on the iPad. Although I should have it sometime in November. From what I understand, mm-hmm. but that's a pretty neat feature that it's got, and it's it's uh, you know Blackberry's. Uh, sphere of influence is the uh, the enterprise market, business people. Right. So they are going to uh, be extra sensitive to people who are going to be using this for business. Although, you know, BlackBerry has been wading in as as Apple tries to make inroads with the enterprise market. BlackBerry is trying to reach out to consumers. So this is going to have more crossover than past efforts, I think. Right. When between you look the at tablets, you look at devices like the Curve and the Storm and yeah, the, the Pearl. Those, they're very clearly aiming at the consumer market. Well. There are a couple of other OSs we should talk about really quickly. Okay. Because we now we've talked about the QNIX and we've talked about um, Android, mm-hmm. and um, but there are other devices that are also out there. Uh, there are Windows Seven tablet devices, yes. most of which haven't gone very far. Uh, there's one that's that I wanted to mention called the Toshiba Libretto. Yeah, I'd heard of it, but I don't know much about it. It's a dual screen. Oh. Tablet, so it opens up like a book, right? Sort of like uh, a certain device from Microsoft itself was supposed to. Yeah, the rumored courier is what Paulette mm-hmm. is talking mm-hmm. about. Which, if you saw the videos for the the concept videos for the courier, they looked really cool. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the courier got um, 
shoved aside. Right. It, it did not. It did. It was not meant to be. But the Toshiba libretto looks a lot like the concept of the Courier. It has dual screens. Uh, they're both seven-inch screens. It runs Windows Seven. Uh, it has Wi-Fi and it has webcam in it. Uh, it has an in- Intel Pentium processor. Ooh, okay. Not a Snapdragon or anything like that. Uh, the big problem with the Toshiba libretto, I would say, is the price. Okay. It's $1,100. That's pricey. At $1,100, that, that's really, I mean, I think what the iPad really has taught us is that for the tablet form factor, the app model is enough. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need a device that can run, quote unquote, full blown programs. Right. The apps tend to be smaller programs, smaller applications, right? Right. They're not like these really advanced ones that you find on on desktop computers or laptops. So the libretto may have more power than what's necessary. It may not need all that power for what people technically tend to use uh, tablets for. Mm -hmm. So it would surprise me if it takes off because it's expensive and it's going to be more complex. And a lot of people have complained that Windows 7 is not the right platform for a touchscreen device. Right, right. There seem to be some issues with Windows 7 and these tablets. Uh, the other OS I wanted to mention is Web OS. Ah, yes. Palm's Web OS. So you may have heard about a device called the HP Slate. Yes, it was supposed to run the uh, Windows operating yes, system. Yes, it was supposed to run Windows 7. And Well, the Slate kind of got pulled off the, the development train. Yeah. And now there's another device, which some are calling the Slate and some are calling the Palm Pad, that mm-hmm. will be running the Web OS operating system. HP, of course, purchased Palm back when Palm looked like it was going to go away. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of people said, well, the reason why they purchased them was probably so that they could enter the tablet market using a mobile operating system, much like iOS or Android. Yes, it's, I think it's worth noting that um, upon its release, the new WebOS, uh, which replaced the older Palm OS, um, was received with pretty much, uh, from what I saw, critical acclaim. But it was not a commercial success, at least not as quickly as they wanted it. The problem was that it it was unveiled at CES. Everyone went gaga for it at CES. Yeah. And it was another three months before we ever saw anything else about it. Mm-hmm. And in those three months, enough of the fervor had died down that they couldn't ride that wave. And the Palm phones didn't make the impact they were hoping for. Yeah. So this this device, the Palm Pad, is supposedly going to launch in early 2011, mm-hmm. so early next year. Uh, we don't know how much that's going to cost either. So really, I think I think what's going to boil down to can these devices compete against the iPad? It's going to boil down to two different things, and it's really basic: features and cost. Yeah. Yep, and I think that's one of the cost is one of the things that keeps the uh, that's going to keep the netbook market afloat, because netbooks in general have been cheaper than. Uh, than the tablets, yeah, you know, because they don't have to have the uh, the uh, touch screens, the capacitive touch screens, and um, you know those have been traditionally very expensive, and well, they usually don't have as many features even as the tablets do. So, and, and Tom Merritt and Sarah Lane pointed out to me the other day, uh, from the recording of this podcast anyway, that uh, that really the tablet isn't meant to replace any device; it's a no. supplemental device. No, I agree with that. So. You're always going to have a need for some sort of computer where it's easier to to input data. Yeah. And the tablet is something that you don't may not necessarily need, but you'll find a place where it fits in your lifestyle. Yeah. And then you wonder how you got along without it. 
but it's not replacing something you already have. So right. netbooks aren't going to go away necessarily. I don't think so. As are, you know, the other form factors are pretty safe too. Uh, the question is if these tablets are compelling enough for people to actually go out and buy them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like I said, the Samsung Galaxy Tab has at least a chance, a fighting chance of getting some people to adopt it, especially people who are already familiar and fond of the Android operating system. Uh, same with BlackBerry. Uh, the others, uh, they're going to have to come out with a really compelling, sleek, and and uh, uh, price-efficient <laughs> model to compete against the iPad. And right. you got to keep in mind, Apple usually updates their line of products yearly. Mm-hmm. So next spring, we should see the next if the if the trends follow the way Apple's done things in the past, we should see new iPads next early next year. I would imagine so. Or uh, even announcement late. I would say probably. Uh, I would say probably early January, around yeah. the time of CES. Early January, maybe maybe as late as early February. I think February is when they announced the iPad last time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm kind of curious. I I gotta admit the Samsung Galaxy Tab had me interested enough to actually think. Well, depending on how expensive this is and whether or not I'd have to have a contract if I bought it. Uh, maybe I'd be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure yet. We'll see. Uh, I, I still haven't convinced myself that I have a place for a tablet in my life, but that doesn't mean that our listeners don't. So I'm curious, listeners, do you have a place for a tablet? Do you already own a tablet device, whether it's the iPad or something else? What's your experience been like? Or if you're thinking about getting one, what sort of things are you looking for within the, uh, the whole realm of the tablet? Give us, a, give us a shout out. Let us know. You can let us know either on Twitter or on Facebook. In both of those, our handle is techstuffhsw. Or you can send us an email. Our address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Tech Stuff HSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?